I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Good morning. We are working our way through Luke in our Bible studies in the morning, and today we are on chapter 19. All right. So let's get started. Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. What do you think about that story? I, well, I thought of it in contrast a lot to that rich man, you know, that said he went away sad because he was a man of great wealth. Yeah. But then you have Zacchaeus, who is a sinner, and I just kind of thought if he gave half his possessions to the poor and then paid back four times the amount, anything he ripped somebody off, was he pretty honest of a tax collector or was he was it a complete change of heart that he was going to basically be broke after this what was the first option that he was a pretty pretty honest guy oh saying he didn't have a lot of debts to repay yeah that he had ripped off a lot of people because you think of okay if I give half my money to the poor and then four times the amount which no, I understand that puts you in a financial crunch. Twelve and a half percent, or one eighth of the stuff. Whatever, one eighth of the stuff is dishonest gain. He would have nothing left at all. So, hmm. either he is pretty honest of a guy regularly. Well, it says but he was not, wealthy. I know, but when you're working with percentages, it doesn't matter how wealthy you no, are. I'm saying, but if all tax collectors are generally making the same amount of money, the ones that become wealthy are the ones who are stealing the, more, the most. I don't know if... I think maybe they would have been wealthy kind of to start with. Just the fact that they're working for the Romans, they're probably getting paid more than that. He probably, as the chief tax collector... So he's probably taxing the other tax collectors. Maybe. I don't know enough about the tax collecting job besides the fact that... You just make up a number and tell people what they have to pay, and then they pay it because they're afraid to go to jail. Mm -hmm. There's no way for them to know because they don't get 
quarterly statements from the IRS. Yeah, they don't fill out a form. They just say, this is how much you owe. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily income-based. Because they're not keeping track of... I mean, are they? I don't know. Long story short, he's got a change of heart. He's got a change of heart. And... He must have heard Jesus' sermons or heard about Jesus before he came. Mm-hmm. Because it says he wanted to see who Jesus was. Yeah. And then... He, Jesus is determined to see him. He goes to his house. And then he stands up and says all this stuff. So either he had just met Jesus and had a complete change of heart in this one evening. Or he had been hearing Jesus' um, teachings over time. And now seeing Jesus was the catalyst for him to finally take action on what he had been thinking about for some time Mm -hmm. but yeah I thought it was kind of caught my eye when I was reading it when it said all the people saw this and began to mutter you know it wasn't like some of the people saw this or the Pharisees saw this but nobody likes him because He's a tax collector and is probably taking money from them. Yeah. So I, he's a, not just, oh, it's a Jesus eating with prostitutes. Oh, Jesus is eating with poor people. It's like everyone in the whole city probably hates Zacchaeus. Right. And if he's very short, you know, if he's is a little person, everyone... What? People, I'm just saying he'd be easily identifiable so everyone would go, oh, I know that guy. I just didn't know if little person is the... Isn't it? Maybe. As far know. as I know, that's what I'm... That's fine. I'm I just didn't know. <laughs> I mean, the word here is just, in Greek, it's micros. It's just small. So you don't know, but when that's the defining characteristic of him... Oh, yeah. And he has to climb up a tree to see people. That's how I've thought of him as. I don't know. Because hmm. it doesn't give his exact height. Excuse me. I think it's... Yeah. But the, the whole point of it is just that he would have... One stood out. One stood yeah. out because of his job. Everyone would know. Oh, that's the guy that works for the Romans. That's the tax collector. And two, because he is has a different traits than other people, he would be yeah identifiable as that person. So that'd be the muttering. Hmm. Otherwise, I don't have too much else on this. Yeah. All right, then, continuing on with verse 11. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minus. And it says... A mina is about three months' wages. 
not put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he had he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, that I, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, Take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they replied, he already has ten. He replied, or I'm sorry, sir, they said he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who, who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. So, pretty familiar with this story, but I guess I forgot about verse 14 and verse 27. What? The That's subjects. The delegation? So. Because you, when you, when you. When you guys, everyone who's a teacher of small children, just kidding. I don't think anybody listening probably has, well, maybe I don't know who's listening, but when you teach the story to kids, I feel like the Bible story version, it skips those, those parts. It's like, a man left, gave his money to his servants. When he came back, this is what this servant did, and this servant, and this servant, and this is your reward, and blah, 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 the end. Like, why, if it's about being trustworthy or using your, you know, talents or developing your resources or whatever, what's with this? People hated him and said, we don't want him to be our king. So this literally happened with, was it Pilate or Herod? See if there's a note, but that there was someone, might have been Pilate, that the people did not want to rule over them, and he went to Rome to appeal, and the Jewish people sent a delegation to speak out against them that they did not want this person to be king. Okay, there's um, not a note. And but then also, I have a question. there's a allusion to Christ. If this really happened, why did they, he say he told them a parable? Because the parable is about the servants and what happened. But at the same time, there's also an allusion to Christ here that 
Jesus mm -hmm. has gone away into heaven. Many people from this earth do not want Jesus to be king. Mm -hmm. And he has entrusted his believers with many gifts, and we should use them because we mm -hmm. know that our God is a demanding God that gives us gifts and talents that he wants us to invest. So it's like two stories in one, or two lessons in one story. Because it's about mm -hmm. our gifts and our time and resources and investing that. But then it's also about those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them. Bring them here and kill them in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like those two verses, I mean, the story does make sense without them. And I feel like that's the way it's told most commonly or what people focus on is these servants and, and then digging into, you know, what that all means. But then to add in this extra layer of that nobody liked this king. Um, yeah. Just something to think about. Mm -hmm. What are you finding? I'm looking just up uh, for some historical context. Well, there's a little note here. It says, for verse 12, to have himself appointed king. A rather unusual procedure, but the Herods did just that when they went to Rome to be appointed rulers over the Jews. Similarly, Jesus was soon to depart in the future as to return as king. During his absence, his absence, the servants are entrusted with their master's affair. For similar parable, see Matthew 25. Hmm. Um, why don't you keep reading? I'll keep looking. Let's see if I can find... Well, um, I don't know. Did you want to talk about this? In investing or earning of the uh, minas? Or did you not have much to say about that? I mean, the mina, another word for that in the. that we've used is talents. Mm. You know, and a, a talent is a unit of money back then. This says. One talent equaled 60 minas. Oh, wow. And a mina equaled 100 drachmas. And a drachma was of day's wages. Okay. Well, anyway, just the idea that, you know... But if you give him 10 minas... It's, it's just gifts. Yeah. And some people are more gifted than others. But he gave them all the same amount. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's what they do with them, how they develop them. And as people develop more gifts, God gives them more. It's the, I mean, the more responsible we are with the things that God gives to us, our gifts and talents. Oh, you know what I just caught? Mm -mm. In verse 13, it says he called 10 servants and gave them 10 minas. Mm -hmm. But then he only talks about the first one, the second one, the third one. So mm -hmm. what did the other seven do with their minas? 
I don't think that matters. I know. I think the idea. I think the idea of ten is again because it's a parable. Yeah. Ten is this number of wholeness or completion, like all of them. So he called all his servants together that he trusted, and he gave them the same amount and said, yeah. "Invest it." Well, that's. I'm just. I just. I'm not saying it's important. I just noticed it. <clears throat> so yeah, we get talents and we have to use them to our best of our ability and not just hide them away or waste them. I mean, could this be the same as saying I don't want to do this or try this because I'm afraid I will do it poorly or, you know, not, I don't know, please God or something? What do you think? Are you still looking for something else? No, I was looking for it. I, I think, though, that, yeah, like there what's is... what's the comparison to the man who doesn't do anything with the mina? What would that relate to in real life? It would be someone having a gift of doing something and saying, oh, God can't do anything with this. You know, there's no way I can use this to serve God. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use this talent. I'm not gonna use this gift because. You know I don't want to mess it up in some way. Yeah. But just. Whatever someone is good at. Um. To, be proud of the gifts that God has given you and. Find a way to use them to serve Him. Mm-hmm. Well, do you, uh, I mean, the next section is kind of long. I think we might be out of time, out of time. For yeah, time. I'll try and find out the actual context of this. I'm, I don't think there is a context. That may be true. I may be wrong. It doesn't say anything in the Bible or the study notes about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that. When he says it's a parable, he means he's making up a story to teach them. He's not like, remember what happened with Pilate or something. Right. I I seem to remember at some point in my study coming across this being a hmm. historical allusion to something that the people knew. And part of it had to do with the persecution of the temple and how this ruler had treated the people before he was made king so it may be one of Herod's children that was the that became that three how tetrarchs they, how they would go and be appointed and then come back yeah because Herod the great who killed the children in Bethlehem his kingdom was divided up among his three or three successors and I believe that's what they're referring to, but again, I have to find a stronger source than my memory, which isn't great all the time. So, But anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll keep going tomorrow with, what's the next section? The triumphal entry. Ooh, Palm Sunday. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop.
Pastor and Laura wake up.
Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Doo-Wop. Pastor Ann, Laura, wake up. 